Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And good morning at you. It is uh, a Thursday. It is precisely March 15th, 2018, Thursday. Uh, As usual in these times, an awful lot of news to digest and uh, discuss. I was close to disgust, but that's often the case when we're dealing with the news these days. Uh, So, first... On a positive note, I want to say how my heart was gladdened by the young people of uh, this country yesterday uh, taking the lead and uh, realizing their power and uh, realizing the the strength of their voices collectively. Um, it was... Uh, it really was uh, music to my ears and uh, provided uh, a measure of, of hope uh, to me, which hasn't been in great supply <laughs> of late. Uh, just God bless them. And uh, what's also impressive is, is how incredibly uh, articulate and smart and... Uh, uh, well, let me see. I, I, I say I didn't hear, at least with the quotes I saw and or heard, I didn't see a lot of, uh, you know, sort of youthful naivete on on display. I saw an, an understanding of uh, the issue, the problem, the obstacles to solutions. Um, I saw... Uh, it wasn't so much a sense of their wanting to burn the house down as wanting to uh, help to remedy a terrible, terrible problem we have. I was, uh, as I said, uh, truly impressed, gladdened, heartened, and uh, I cannot thank them enough. Excuse me while there's a little aside here. Carla, was anything wrong? Because you don't usually sit on the floor with a look. (laughs) You know, when you see the guy running the, all of a sudden sink to the floor with a look of some concern on his face, he looks okay now. (laughs) Okay. Jeez. Um, So, just just wanted to say uh, that. Uh, they got some power, and let's uh, let's be there for them uh, next week uh, in 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 D.C. Uh, incredible. So, what else we got? We got lots of stuff. I the thing <laughs> the thing I I saw that it's just. When you think you can't be, you know, surprised anymore by the uh, blatherings and utterances of uh, the man that for in some moment of national uh, insanity was elected uh, president of the United States, I, he, he tops himself. And, and that's in this uh, speech he gave last night in in St. Louis, I guess. Is that where he was? He was definitely in Missouri. Uh, Supposedly stumping for uh, a Republican who wants to take on uh, Senator Claire McCaskill. And uh, she is one of the Democratic senators in a uh, a precarious uh, re-election campaign. So the president flew in, as he did for uh, Rick Saccone. See how well that went. Um, and did what he did when he flew into buttress Rick Saccone's uh, campaign. He talked about himself. Uh, he barely mentioned the name of the of the person who purportedly he was there uh, to support. But it's what he said. 
He said the usual things, bragging about this, bragging about that, uh, lying about this, lying about that. And then he took the two things he's most, I think, known for, the lying and the bragging, and he put them together in a, a way that <laughs> was just astonishing, bragging about lying. This is a president of the United States, and he stood up in front of people and bragged about lying to another head of state. And not only just another head of state, but our closest ally geographically and perhaps in any other way, namely Canada and, uh, and Justin Trudeau. <laughs> so I, I will read Trump's uh, words. Trudeau came to see me. He's a good guy, Justin. No, no. He said, he said, he said, no, no. We have no trade deficit with you. We have none. Donald, please, because the president had said, you got this trade deficit with us and we can't tolerate that anymore. And Justin Trudeau said, no, we, 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 we don't. Um, and then the president goes on, nice guy, good-looking guy. Unlike with Connor Lamb, he did not venture to say he was actually better looking than Justin Trudeau because even he knew not to go there, I would imagine. Nice guy, good-looking guy, comes in. Donald, he says, we have no trade deficit. He's very proud because everybody else, you know, we're getting killed. So he's proud. And I say, wrong, Justin. You do. I didn't even know. I had no idea. I just said, you're wrong. You know why? Because we're so stupid. I, if you can follow this, then, you know, you're, you're, you're a better better person than I. You're wrong. You know why? Because we're so stupid. And I thought they were smart. I said, you're wrong, Justin. He said, nope, we have no trade deficit. I said, well, in that case, uh, I feel differently, I said, but I don't believe it. I sent one of our guys out, his guy, my guy. They went out. I said, check, because I can't believe it. Uh, we have a trade surplus with Canada, by the way. I mean, have you ever engaged in the fantasy of imagining yourself as President of the United States, even for a split second? Um, I never have. I've thought of myself as being President of maybe an organization <laughs> or something that I, like the my brownie troop or something, but I never... And I would always then imagine myself in a meeting uh, having to represent the organization. And I would get sort of dry mouthed and think, I, I don't think I know enough. Uh, I, I, I can't possibly know. I mean, you have to have possession of the facts. You have to be at the top of your game. You have to be able to you know, parry any false information coming in from the other side. You have to be able to state your case and here we have a president <laughs> of the United States bragging about the fact that he does not know the most basic imp actually information that I know you probably know in regard to trade between our country and our friend Canada. Um, bragging about his lack of preparation, 
for a meeting with another head of state, bragging about lying, playing games. And the fact that, as I was saying yesterday, Trump clearly is now uh, feeling more assured <laughs> of how you handle this gig and how he's going to now uh, increasingly not listen to anybody who disagrees with him. He's going to clear the White House of anyone who's not already been perp-walked out or run for their lives. He's going to clear it of anybody who gives him any difficulty at all, uh, surround himself with uh, sycophants, as does a dictator, an authoritarian, and a weak person. Um, and it's, it's frightening. In this same speech, uh, apparently it lasted all of 30 minutes, he attacked our allies. Um, <laughs> Uh, he attacked the European Union, he attacked uh, Japan, he attacked South Korea. Um, he even seemed to suggest that he was willing to pull U.S. troops out of South Korea. Um, he said that we had, as usual, not negotiated a good deal. Never mind that they've been there almost my entire life, right? I... I <laughs> And, again, it was because of trade deficits. We have a very big trade deficit with them, and we protect them. We lose money on trade, and we lose money on the military. We have right now 32,000 soldiers on the border. Let's see what happens. Our allies care about themselves. They don't care about us. Well, you know, hey, tell us something we don't know. Every country puts its interests first. That's what they're supposed to do. So, I, as I said yesterday, uh, I know our seatbelts have been buckled um, since uh, Donald Trump ascended to a position that he is uh, wholly incapable of uh, of performing. But uh, I would, I would. I would cinch those uh, belts just a, a bit tighter. I think we're in for some even bumpier, uh, bumpier weather. Uh, in the speech, he accused Japan of using gimmicks to keep uh, American cars uh, from uh, Japanese consumers, and South Korea, he said, was taking advantage of uh, trade rules. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He said the only reason China was uh, the economic power it was is because it had single-handedly rebuilt itself on our back. Um, and then he said this, and again, if you know what the hell he's talking about, you tell me. It's the bowling ball test, said our president. They take a bowling ball from 20 feet up in the air and they drop it on the hood of the car. He's talking about Japan here. If the hood dents, the car doesn't get in. Now, apparently, people who actually then take what the president says and look to see what the hell he's talking about uh, could not find anything even resembling something called <laughs> a bowling ball test. He just made it up. Caller. Hey, hi. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Fine. Hi. <clears throat> what I was calling about is um, this gun control. Mm -hmm. And uh, I agree with it 100% with the assault, ban on assault weapons, which they won't ever do, probably. But the thing that really... I, I could see secure in the schools, but the only thing, the only flaw with that is, I mean, I, I guess you would want to have the schools secured, but if you're a killer and you want to kill, you'll just wait till the kids come out of the classroom, out of the school, and start killing people. So it just keeps continuing, which the real problem is the gun that he's using. That's the problem. 
It's, uh, okay, you want to secure the school, that I understand. But it, they're just going to move to a different target. They're going to go to a football game. They're going to do something else. The gun's the problem. It's And the person, yeah, I understand they got mental problems, but it's the gun. It's the assault guns that just kill a lot of people at once. It sprays through the wipes out a bunch of people. I mean, that's the answer to a lot of it. I, I don't. Uh, I've been saying this a lot when you call. I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, there is no way uh, to secure every soft target in the country unless we want to live in a total police state and in a constant state right. of fear. Uh, no. I mean, what do you have, a tunnel coming out of school so they get in the armored bus right. to the home where security, I mean, it, it's just crazy, which I understand you got to secure it. you got to make kids feel comfortable, and I understand that. And you, that can be done, but the problem is the guns. Of course. That's the problem, but they don't. They Trump sees it to harm the teachers, and that, it, that's not. That's okay. I, I don't even agree with it, but no. That's the gun. Uh, did you see? I mean, of course. Did you see right on cue these incidents where a teacher, uh, who apparently teaches gun safety, uh, accidentally shot uh, a gun off in class yesterday, and the resulting, uh, you know, kind of shrapnels kind of stuff falling out of the ceiling tiles injured uh, some of the students uh, that's a teacher who had a gun <laughs> and was supposedly teaching gun safety there was another incident I think just yesterday of uh, a person whose job was to secure the school who was also armed and his gun discharged um, it, it's insane we are as a nation absolutely uh, nuts. We are clearly insane about this issue and uh, can't even define the issue in a rational manner. So what you said is absolutely true. Fine. Let's make the schools into, uh, make them look like maximum security prisons and, and then, yeah, the kids leave. Then what happens? Or we go to a football game. Then what happens? Or you go to the mall. Then what happens? Or you go to the movie theater. Then what happens? So what, we will absolutely be uh, unwilling to be anywhere other than our own homes uh, under our beds with our AK-47s uh, at, at hand? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you take the teachers, they're, okay, they, Trump says train them. Well, you know, a lot of people were trained in CPR, but you don't use it and you don't do it all the time. <laughs> you forget. So you'd have to be going there to classes and going to the uh, gun ranges, you'd have to really keep up on it to be accurate. And if you're never in that situation, how in the hell are you going to know? You can't train. You have to be in that situation. Even even police who are trained right. and even retrained, who all of a sudden find themselves in a shooting situation, are known to uh, forget a lot of what they know, are known to shoot uh, the wrong thing. There was an incident on a sidewalk in New York City a few years back where a number of cops were there. They started shooting like crazy. They shot passers-by. They shot this. They shot that. Those are police. Okay? Right. So this is insanity. That's all it is. Not yes, it is. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, so, Toys R Us, closing all their stores, you know, fine, but uh, fine, unless you're one of the 33,000 Americans who work there. Bang, 33,000 jobs. Bang, gone. And this happens on a you know, slightly lower level constantly, constantly, um, leading to another big issue which we're not dealing with very well in this country is what are people supposed to do to earn a living <laughs> uh, in the world we're heading into uh, where retail really ain't going to be there much. Um, 
I mean, this is another um, result of Amazon, of our uh, unwillingness to get up and go out shopping, of, uh, of sitting on our computers and having everything come to us. Uh, you see, actually, that uh, what else is happening? Walmart uh, now uh, has announced uh, that they will deliver uh, groceries uh, to customers. Uh, and that is an attempt to uh, fend off uh, Amazon again, who uh, now owns Whole Foods and other grocers because they're all now realizing that apparently we, that would be consumers, literally do not want to get off our asses <laughs> for anything. So we now have these things in our home where we say, Alexa or whatever the hell, turn on the light, turn off the light, turn on the oven, turn down the TV, give me this, give me that. And and, and this image at, uh, I see of, uh, of us is of, you, you want a couch potato? Couch potatoes will look fit in comparison to what we're doing to ourselves. What, do, what, is, it we're, <laughs> what is it we're supposed to do? I don't understand what people are supposed to do. I saw a picture the other day of... Uh, of a bus, what, a driverless bus or something that's going to supposedly, um, perhaps, ferry people from Oakland to Hazelwood. Um, and I'm thinking, well, this is what uh, transportation is going to be like. Then stop and think of being on the road and think of all those trucks on the road, each with a human being inside. Uh, and that's their manner of providing for themselves and their families. And uh, what do we do with all of the drivers? And what do we do? And, and even the people who pack up the trucks, you think those jobs will be there? No. Those will be robotized as well. And I'm not talking in a hundred years. I'm talking ten. And what do, as usual, we are not being proactive. I don't see, I, if we are, somebody tell me. What in heaven's name are human beings who are not capable of being engineers or programmers or, you know, that's not what they are, they are good human beings who used to be able to work in other ways, good work, producing things. And we've made machines now that do their work. And, incre and we keep on making more and more machines who do their work. When we do this, the brilliant scientists that come up with this stuff, do they ever lose any sleep thinking about the people <laughs> whose jobs they're taking away? I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, we're just going to be slugs serviced by robots. That's the future I'm looking at. Uh, plugged into entertainment, specifically geared to keep us entertained, and I'm talking individually. Um, it's a it's a world that uh, strikes me as as so extraordinarily isolating and awful. Just saying. We don't go shopping anymore. You're an idiot. You go shopping, you sit in front of a computer. 
I don't think my kid, he's a millennial, I don't think he's gone. Every once in a while he'll go out to get something. But mostly, uh -uh. he'll go out and look at prices. And he'll come home and... And I swear, every other day there's a package, right? That's the way that works. So it's because we literally don't get up, get out at all. We're not willing to anymore. I understand that. I don't like going to the grocery store. I don't know. Laura says, this consumer, this consumer gets off her ass and shops. Yeah, but you're you're an old person, sort of. Not as old as me, but you're old. I don't want anyone picking out my groceries for me. <laughs> yeah, but you're old-fashioned, you see. I, I even prefer to pack my own, as often the person bagging just slams the items I carefully have chosen earlier. They said last night on the news that by 2020, 70% of Americans would be shopping online. I... I Surprising, aren't already 70%. I will be one of the 30% at the brick-and-mortar store. Laura, I'm with you, but you're assuming that brick-and-mortar store will be there. Most of them won't. That's my guess. We got callers on the line. Hello, caller. Yes, good morning, Lynn. Hi. Hey, Lynn, you ever hear of, a, of an author named Napoleon Hill? No. He's a success author written in the in the early 30s. He was a person who uh, followed Andrew Carnegie and wrote books about success. He wrote a book in 1938 called Outwitting the Devil. And what he claims is he spoke with the devil. But it could be um, a fictitious story. It could be true. So what he says in this book is what Satan wants to try to do, or whatever you want to call him, he calls himself the Great Majesty is the fact is to control our minds by causing us to drift, which means that you have no no goals. You become like a ship that's, or a person who's in a boat who drifts, drifts away. Rudderless. No rudderless. No meaning. No meaning. You become a rudderless nation. Yeah. Right. No meaning in life. Uh. So you become, you just, you just float along without any thoughts. You're not thinking of, of anything. And... Our country's becoming like that, and I definitely believe the book is true. I mean, he's actually, according to this book, Satan controls, or his great majesty, as he calls himself, controls 98% of all humans. Only 2% are controlled by God. And how you can stop this from happening is wake up and think. <laughs> think what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Nobody's thinking anymore. Well, that's right. We're just letting things, yeah. we're reacting instead of thinking. We're not and right we're being acted we're being acted upon we are becoming increasingly yes. passive in our own lives and uh that is i mean first of all what's the point and 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 it's it's just really right. really dangerous yes. it's just dangerous it's very dangerous I yeah mean, we're heading down a path and the work world it's Here's the, the main thing in this country, I, I scream about this to people, and here's one thing I love about you, Lynn, you didn't quit working. The ultimate dream, dream I think, in the United States is to become wealthy and retire and do nothing. That's the ultimate dream, and according to most Americans. Oh, if I was just rich and won the lottery and didn't have to do anything, I would be so happy. I would be so happy. That would be the ultimate dream. The ultimate dream is the ultimate nightmare. <laughs> That's what you're put on the earth to do. It's just to become become saturated with wealth and no. just do nothing. Clearly not. And Clearly you're going to be not. unhappy. You're going to have suicide. You're going to have murders. You're going to have all these things happening because you're not thinking of other people. You're put on the earth to help others, to serve other people. And by by becoming super saturated and fat and happy, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be unhappy. All right. And that, I hear you. I hear you. I got so many calls and so many emails. I'm going to move on. Thanks, Lynn. Thank no you. Thank you. I appreciate you. that. Thanks, Lynn. Appre appreciate it. A quick, uh, we have another caller there? Or I'm, let me go to a, um, a few emails first. Uh, Barbara says, Stephen Hawking on uh, artificial intelligence, quote, the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. He said that uh, three years ago. And I, <laughs> as you know, I have said that for years uh 
Brooke writes, telecommuting has made it possible for us to work from our homes. Online stores have made it possible for us to shop from our homes. Uber Eats has made it possible for us to eat restaurant-quality food in our homes. Digital streaming has replaced the movie theater. We worry about our phones tracking our every move, but we never move. <laughs> we never move outside the house anymore. That's that seems to be the um, the direction. Yeah, uh, caller, hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Hey. Um. First of all, in regarding uh, retail, I actually I love retail therapy. I go. It's it's um, it's the it's the uh, it's the game. You go into a retail atmosphere, and it's their job to lure you in to purchase, make a purchase, and you walk around and everything is polished and presented beautifully, and it's just a little escape. I, I, I love to go mm-hmm. do what I call retail therapy. Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's something that's uh, uh, a, a very feminine kind of uh, way of uh, de-stressing. I'm going to go shopping. It's, um, I'm, I, I understand. I'm into that, too. And I mean, but you can oh, yeah. you can hold, touch, see uh, right before you, and I yeah. But listen, we are dinosaurs here talking in that regard. Okay. I, I mean, feel sorry for everybody well, then. Okay. Well, but that's hey, Liz, the, I, the 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 real question here, and and I I just want to present this because I I don't I don't understand um, with this uh, this it's. I don't know how it's not even being talked about right now. With Hillary, and um, I, I, I assumed that Hillary was just not likable. There was something chemical about her that she was not likable from the time she was the first lady. And now the demonizing of Pelosi. I do not know Pelosi's platform. I don't know. I barely knew Hillary's platform. Well, let me, let me, let me try to say that a big part of both of their problems is they have vaginas okay let's just cut exactly. to the my chase it's, it, of my course question is, my, Lynn, my question is I think that we have a epidemic of woman hate it's been throughout history but right now well we should be evolved to the point where it can be dealt with well it's a backlash it, it it's a continuing yeah it's just it's the continuing backlash to women uh, demanding uh, equal equality, power, and when you have powerful women, uh, you have one who wanted to be the first president uh, that was a woman, you have another who was the first speaker of the house as a woman, and by all indications extremely good at the job. Um, with Hillary, I think there were other issues. Uh, with Pelosi, I'm not aware of what the hell the issues are other than that she is uh, a, a female. Woman hate has, um, has propelled uh, the world since its inception. Uh, it's fear of women, and that then, uh, that then creates uh, hatred of women. It's fear. It's really fear of women's power more than hate it's also fear from men of being displaced uh by women and uh well, it's see, a backlash to carry them around on pillows well, well yeah i'm just saying I, hey it's time it's time for the men to man up and snap the hell out of it it's time for women to snap the hell out of it this no what somebody needs to be step away and say this is insane Thing. Okay, well, you just did, and I thank you for it. Hey, bye, bye, thank you. Uh, and then, what, what, why do they hate Pelosi? I don't know. I said she's got a vagina. She's got a dried-up old vagina, but it's still a vagina, okay? That's oh, it. I got I to gotta move on. I'm sorry. I love you, Lynn. I love you, too. Bye. Bye. Uh, all right. Uh, 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 Chuck, yeah, I saw this too, Chuck. Chuck is, Chuck is aware that Bill Crystal 
has uh, put out a nightmare scenario that a lot of people are thinking sounds awfully plausible. So in case you hadn't seen it, let me share it with you, because if he's right, we're in for a real, uh, well, let me just go to it. Bill Kristol has tweeted, and he's also expounded further, that Trump is, in all likelihood, preparing to fire Sessions, the Attorney General, name Pruitt, who is the head of the EPA, name Pruitt as acting Attorney General, and that is because Pruitt, because he already holds a Senate-confirmed position, would not need to be reconfirmed as Attorney General. And then Pruitt, once as acting AG, would fire Sessions and no, excuse me, the president's fired Sessions, then Pruitt would fire Mueller. And knowing how this all works, this crowd works, it seems perfectly plausible. <laughs> and if that were to happen, then uh, if there were not a total... pouring out into the streets of all American citizens, uh, I don't know uh, if we will survive. That would be the thing that would ask of us, okay, you still going to sit there? You still going to sit there moaning and groaning? Or are you going to get up and head to Washington and camp out? <laughs> uh so we'll see. I, I my my feeling is is that sort of where things are heading, without a doubt. Uh, we have another caller. Hello. Hello, caller. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. It's, it's Laura calling. Hi. I was just thinking about. Hi there. It was. I was thinking about what that previous woman said about demonizing women, and I believe that's called the queen bee syndrome where when one woman breaks free of the pack, other women try to pull her down. They, they don't want some other woman to succeed and for them to be left behind. And I've seen this in education. I've, I've seen it in business. I've seen it in politics. The, the men stick together. The women, for some reason, some women, do not stick together. And I, I think when we learn that we have to be strong as a group, and push those qualified women forward that will make some progress. But I think the world will be a better place, too, if we have more women making decisions about the environment and health care. And I, I think that uh, some men want to keep us out of those positions because they profit from <laughs> polluting the air, land, and water. And uh, I, I don't think health care is a big deal for some of them, especially the ones that have the Cadillac health care plans in our government. Yeah. But um, I hope someday women learn that lesson. That okay, I, I thank you, and I hear you. And I, 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 in some respects in my career, uh, also experienced uh, that, which really surprised me. Uh, 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 really surprised me. Uh, when I first got into broadcasting, where there were not many women at all at the time. Um, I assumed we women would stick together, but what happened instead was that because there were so few, <laughs> every, women tended to look at another woman as a threat. Not all women uh, reacted that way, but an awful lot did. And if one woman was moving up, then there was this sense, well, then I can't because we knew that there was a lot of tokenism going on and that the men in charge didn't want a lot of women and they weren't willing to share 
much power with any woman, but as they had to increasingly sort of dole out a few crumbs to a woman here and there, uh, women began, rather than seeing each other as, 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 as a cohort, as, as people who were in the same, same situation together, uh, saw each other as uh, threats. That is, I think, part of what it was. And then another part of what it is is the same thing that yields the mean girls uh, syndrome. <laughs> Uh, women have always been in competition with each other for, I mean, since day one, since caveman era, uh, for men, right? And so that level of competitiveness, I mean, the thing is things sort of get reduced to basic human nature. When you have trouble understanding, well, why aren't women... Helping other women, I'm, not that they don't, but in a lot it doesn't happen, that women undercut other women. And I have said that some of the ugliest, I see less of it now, but some of the ugliest uh, hate mail that I got initially uh, when I was a, uh, you know, the only woman doing talk radio in this town, uh, the... Uh, one of the few women when I started my broadcasting career in Wisconsin that was on television, the ugliest stuff came from women who, I guess, were threatened by their sense of what their role was. I, I, look, I don't know, but the, the, the oldest trick in the book for those in power is to set those out of power against each other. And uh, as opposed to getting together and focusing on the power, right? It's what the rich have always done with those who don't have. So that, uh, you know, uh, whites against blacks in the workplace, this against that. It's how you retain power. It's one of the m most used tactics ever. Got a bunch of callers. Let's go to the phones. Uh, hello. Caller, hi. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Bye. That was a call. Okay. Hey, man, it's Mike in D.C. Oh, hi. Hi. Hi, Mike. Um, so that the, the thing that you're mentioning about women is common for all minorities. Yeah. The, the group believes that there's a slice of the pie. And the man convinces you that you all have to fight over that slice of the pie. That's right. And that's what the man does, is he tries to convince, not the man, you know, the boss. The I got gotcha. you. Patriarchal system. The man with a capital M. That there isn't enough. Mm -hmm. And so you all have to fight over what's left. Right. And women do it, gays and lesbians do it, black people do it, Hispanics do it. All those ants trying to get to the top of the pile. But it doesn't just have to switch for women. It has to switch for all of us. Right. Why is there even a pie, period? And why do men get, or white, rich, straight men get such a large portion of that pie? Um, it, there shouldn't even be a pie. This isn't a pie slice issue. It's a muscle. The more we use this, the more we get. Right. Not if we use it, we'll lose it. Right. And it's ironic that we have a president who believes that if you exercise, you will die sooner. You only have so many steps. Have you heard him say that? No. <laughs> no, I hadn't heard yes, that he one. Yes, he thinks you only get so many steps in your lifetime, and if you waste those steps, you're going to die sooner. <laughs> You've not heard that? No. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my God. All right, I hadn't but heard. But it's like a muscle. Our... our unit, our group, our world is a muscle. The more we use it, the more we have. And we're the minorities are fighting for their one little piece. And until we look at this differently, that's how it's going to be. I hear you. And that's what's funny right. is women aren't even the minority. That's one percent right. of the population. That's right. But we're, a, but we're a decided minority in the world of power, in, in, in all realms, in the corporate sector, in media, in politics, in, you know, we are. 
Um, although that's changing in some places, you know, there are states in which the governor, both senators, a whole bunch of their Congress people are all female, or their state legislatures almost all female. Um, of course, that could never be said of the state, the hapless state uh, that we live in, which is uh, so male-dominated, it's extraordinary. But, yeah, I, I, I absolutely... And that's what women have to... I think another thing women have to overcome is being liked, the need for being liked. Who gives a shit if you like me? Yeah. I want you to respect me. Yeah. Bill Maher said Hillary Clinton should have said, when he said, um, you killed so and you killed all these people to get ahead. Bill Maher said she should have said, damn straight, and I'll do it <laughs> to keep my country safe too. Right? He said she should have came out as a badass and said, fuck all y'all if you don't like me. I'm going to be the best around the country. But she wanted people to like her, and every article was, is Hillary likable? What difference does that make if someone likes you? I want you to respect me. Hmm. Well, you know, Barack Obama had to walk a very, very, very narrow line, a tightrope made of, you know, made of uh, floss uh, because of, of his skin color. Because he couldn't appear to be too angry. Remember that? Couldn't. Would mm-hmm. As angry black men scare the bejeebers out of the majority of the country, white folk. Uh, he couldn't do this. He couldn't appear to be caring too much about black uh, problems because then he'd look like he was just the president for black people. Um, when you are not a white, straight male, the rules get a lot more complicated. There is no doubt about it. And I think it's about that we want to be liked. I want to be the perfect gay boy and have everybody said, isn't he an outstanding member of society? And women want to be hurt when I've heard, isn't she sweet? (laughs) White straight guys don't ever think about that. Ever think about, is this person going to like me? How, if I say this in a meeting, how will I come off? They don't think that. They just say it. Right. In large part, yes. You know, it's interesting. I mean, the blowhard. Trump's not thinking, honestly, Trump is not thinking, if I say this, what would the reaction be? He just opens his pie hole and out comes whatever he wants to say. That's entitlement. Yeah. I hear you. Why can't everybody be... Down with the man. So you're not coming to the march in D.C.? Uh, I cannot. Uh, That day, for some reason, it's the 24th, right? Uh Uh-huh. That day, I have a wedding. I have a funeral. <laughs> I I have a march. I have a. There was something else too. I, what is it about that day that everything's happening on that day? Um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to stay here. I, I'm. I was hoping to be able to get to the march uh, here in Pittsburgh. There will be a you know a sister march here. Um, uh, but even that's now up in the air but because of my, you know, obvious obligation to go to these uh, events in my life. So we'll see. I am there in spirit. I wouldn't go either unless I had a house full of visitors. But now since I have a house full of visitors who are going. You got to go. No, I would like to I see. Go. I would like to see that march bigger than the pouring out of people we saw the day after the inauguration. I would love to see that. We'll see. The sad thing is, though, I've been to so many marches I can't count anymore. Yeah. And I come home, like you wait for an hour to get on the metro, you can barely move, you can't get into the, use the port of John. Right. It's just packed with people. I know. You come home and you see on the news, there were 100,000 people downtown. And you think, I personally saw 100,000 people. <laughs> how were there only 100,000 people? Right. There so are 100,000 people. Yeah, there were 100,000 people in front of me at the Portageon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how the media reports on this is also a key thing. Because they have proof of how many people showed up by metro. Right? How many people took the metro in. So they have empirical truth proof of how many people were there that day. Yeah. But that doesn't make it out for months later 
and the media just have somebody have the, you know, the people who are screaming with bullhorns about how wonderful the NRA is. So I'm going, but I always come home and I'm disappointed at the coverage because they never, it's never the same as being there. No, never is. I agree. But I'm glad you're going. I'll be with yeah, you in it's spirit. It's not cold. Oh, it's going to be. It's I'm just so not old. Warm. That's my I first know, I know. If it's raining, I'm not going. No, no. Wear sensible clothing and shoes and all that stuff. Do it. Pee first. You want to, yes, and pee a lot first. And remember, do it for these kids. Do it for these kids. That's why you're going. Okay? All right. Bye, Mike. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Or bye. it's not Friday yet, but bye. Bye. <laughs> I will. I'll have a good weekend anyway. I will. Um, speaking of women, uh, uh, oh, God, another caller. What's going on? What do you guys think this is, a talk show? Caller. Hi. Hey, Lynn, it's Jonathan. How are you? I am fine, Jonathan. How are you? Well, I tune in, and the first first words I hear are, she's got a vagina, a dried-up old vagina. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> this ain't back on WTAE days. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> No, I guess not. Um, uh, talking about women... <laughs> Talking about women not supporting each other, you mentioned broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, my mom uh, was a WDTV before it became, an, or as it was transitioning to KDKA TV. Wow. And that was her experience too. Uh, she just, she just couldn't believe it. And she had come from uh, serving as in the Women's Army Corps in the World War II, where it was all camaraderie and women helping women. Uh, so she was so discouraged uh, at that. And she also, in between them, she had taught English in Japan where the women were very supportive of each other. But so she was really discouraged. Yeah, so she comes home. Well, it, good heavens, if she was in television in those uh, extremely early days, um, Ha, were there many women there at all, or, or or hadn't they figured out yet? I guess there were women doing what, like women shows. Exactly. Yeah. So, and she worked on a show uh, called The Home Edition. Right. She was um, uh, she wasn't on camera at first, uh, but they later moved her to uh, on camera, which she really hated. Uh, and that didn't last long. She she didn't want any part of that, so she went back to production. Uh, but still, you know, what few women there were, uh, and like you said, that was extremely early days, uh, that they really didn't, they kind of uh, were always sniping at each other. Yep. But the question I have for you, and this comes out of male ignorance, is um, I have a daughter in high school, and I had a son, I have a son who was in high school years ago. My, and to me, Girls in high school are much worse than boys in high school. To you know, girls to other girls and boys to other boys. I I agree. And you're going to ask yeah. me why? So does it start as early as then? Well, hmm? that's what I said. I said maybe this uh, there, that there's something about women always feeling competitive with each other, and that back you know in caveman days. That was competition for uh, the best male, right, partner. I mean, women have always competed to survive, I guess, and that often meant getting the best guy, uh, you know, having the best clothes to attract the best guy, having, I don't know, but women are in competition with other women on that level, and that happens very early, and certainly in middle school, high school, it really ratchets up. And then... It's rough. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, no, I mean that mean... Ends are brutal. Yeah, the mean girls thing is true. Um, who said it? I always, I used to always quote it, because when I... 
it became so clear to me that there was a lot of truth in it, even though I'm not every teenage girl is mean and, you know, whatever. But they said there's nothing meaner than a teenage girl and nothing stupider than a teenage boy. <laughs> Perfect. Is that not true? Yes. I, I mean, but... <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, I feel like standing up. My hands are in the. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you yes, know, that's, that's perfect. Right, that's your experience. That I think you see that the girls outmaneuver the boys left and right because the boys are absolute clueless, and the girls are smart, yeah. savvy, and can be incredibly mean. I I that's what I and see can too. Manipulate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I that's what I I I do think I mean when when from day 1 where what were women doing? They were competing for you guys. Don't you think that's Great. the the animal <laughs> the animalistic uh, sort of uh, baseline of that and um so it, it, it's really I think when girls like get dolled up and dressed up, they're not just trying to attract boys. They're trying to outdo each other. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And we guys pretty much couldn't care less. And you yeah. guys it's are about our own. Edda, right. You are, first of all, just yeah. Duh. Duh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, guys, Larry Kudlow is going to be the economic advisor to the president. Oh, my God. Larry Kudlow, who was like the head uh, chief economist, he was the chief economist for Bear Stearns, and he never even got a, a degree in economics. He's an operator. He's a smart cookie. You know how he got out of being the economic advisor for Bear Stearns? He snorted up like roomfuls of cocaine. I mean, he was, it's a wonder he has any nasal membranes left. He, is, uh, he was a heavy coke addict. And he's now going to be uh, the chief economic advisor. Granted, granted, he went to rehab and pulled himself out of alcohol and cocaine and all of that and uh, went from being Jewish to being Catholic and uh, he had conversions. He, 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 this guy has remade himself and, and now look at him. Wow. Ay, 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 ay. So, I think that's about it. Oh, and a quick little thing that I saw in the New York Times business section that Fo the Fox News website has for some reason uh, lately just they cannot find enough stories about women abusing men or women abusing boys. Uh, even though sex crimes committed by women make up an extremely small share of sexual offenses in the United States, uh, the foxnews.com has been... If, you, if that's where you get your news, you would think there was an epidemic of uh, women, uh, especially female teachers, sexually abusing uh, boys. Uh, and this has coincided with two things. It started up when, um, what's his name? Bill O'Reilly, yeah, the who abused women left and right, when he was uh, thrown off the air followed shortly thereafter by his boss and mentor, Roger Ailes, and all those other Fox guys and all that. Then all of a sudden, Fox News starts saying, you want to see the face of an abuser? I'll show you. And it's a woman. And it's a woman, and it's a woman, and it's a woman. And these, these stories are being picked up by uh, the New York Post, which is also Murdoch-owned. Uh, it has only increased dur uh, since the... Me Too movement has taken off. <laughs> I just, I saw it. I have to admit, I laughed when I saw it, shook my head. It's one of those ha-ha, shake your head laughs. It's not a laugh of mirth, I assure you.
At any rate, we seem to have run out of time. I will, uh, I'll be here tomorrow, and in the interim, I hope you have a, a good, interesting uh, day, and above all, I hope you get up off your duff. I mean, seriously, move around. Go to a retail store if you want, seriously, just for old time's sake. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.